It's been a sports extravaganza this summer. We've had the Olympics in Tokyo, Euro 2020, and Wimbledon. But for me personally, I cannot wait for Manchester United to kick off the new season this weekend against Leeds on August 14th. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, isn't this a podcast about financial markets and trading? Well, yes, it is. And for today's episode, we are going to consider five ways how trading is like pro sports. This is Markets Extra. Hello and welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst of Exinity Group, which operates global brands such as Opari International and FXTM. And with me is fellow sports fan and independent analyst and self-proclaimed Manchester United follower, Jamie Dada. Now, Jamie... Did I categorize accurately? Uh, hello, Han. It, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you again. And I think you did categorize my uh, football team as the correct one. Indeed, uh, going back many, many uh, decades, I would say, back to my youth when uh, the two top teams, similar to today, uh, or one, one of them at least, were Man United and Liverpool. And where I came from, because Liverpool were winning everything at that time, I went for... Uh, the team in Manchester uh, and the red team in Manchester, should we say, uh, Manchester United, because at that time, Man City were nowhere to be seen. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, a, a follower for many, many years uh, through the decades. It's set to be a fascinating season. Uh, absolutely. Some decent challenges. Indeed. Now, but what is always in season is trading. Now, uh, of course, uh, global financial markets presents plenty of opportunities for investors and traders. And uh, today we're going to talk about the ways that pro sports actually bears similarities with activities in financial markets. So now I know, Jamie, you've prepared five things for us. So let's go ahead and rattle them off real quick. They're all five of them, and then we'll dive into them one by one. Sure. So, you know, number one, uh, not in any particular order of importance, but first one's find your own swing to so find your own trading strategy. Uh, second would be uh, follow a routine. Next comes every opponent is different. Another one would be be wary of overconfidence. And finally, probably a great one in life, really, uh, is handle losses like a winner. There's the five. There could be many more. You know, there are lots of other ones that we could use thinking clearly under pressure, you know, preparation time, being persistent, being in the zone. So many different but very similar characteristics, I think, between sport and trading. And and sometimes, you know, there's not that association that many people think of. But, you know, believe you me, and we'll talk through those five, you know, there's some great similarities and we can learn a lot from you know, sports, pro sports people as we can in our trading. And let's dive into that first one then. Find your own swing. Now, obviously, that sounds more like a golf analogy. But, you know, given that we are both football fans, even like, uh, you know, free kick takers, right, in football. Cristiano Ronaldo has a very different way from David Beckham. Absolutely. Penalty takers, right? We've seen a lot of penalty shootouts, right? Even the Olympics, the women's football team there. And then obviously in the Euros as well. 
how many different ways are there to take a penalty? That's right. So let's transpose that over into trading then. What does it actually mean uh, when it comes to finding your trading style and strategy in the market? Yeah, well, if we just think of the sports, first of all, you know, like we said, there's, there's no serve in tennis the same. There's no golf swing the same. You know, and that's honed over many hours, many years, really, you know, executing that shot in that particular time under pressure, you know, and and those sports guys have, have honed their style unique to them pretty much. Um, and then they tweak it and improve it. And, you know, it, it develops through through time. And it's exactly the same in trading. You know, we want to develop our trading style and strategy according to our personal characteristics and our personality, essentially. Yeah, and it's whatever can give you that kind of success, right? So likewise, those styles or penalties or free kicks or uh, for golfers, it has given them that success. Find your own swing, air quotes there, uh, that basically gives you the best chance uh, or that you're most accustomed to to yield the desired results. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, you know, you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, as the same as a tennis player would do, right? So they're, they're maybe they're honing their serve because that's the strongest part of their game, you know. Uh, and, and similarly for trading, you know, we look at our attitude to risk, whether we like to take on a lot of risk, whether we like fast markets or slow markets, you know, different time frames. You know, once we found that, then, like you said, you know, it's a process of continuous refinement and improvement. When the pressure's on, similar to pro sports guys, you know, we go back to default. If we found our own style and we're happy with that and comfortable, then, you know, we can go back to that default in times of pressure and execute the plan, execute our own swing. Yeah, and that's very, very timely uh, because, you know, we often see bouts of volatility in the markets and that's great for these short-term traders or really, really fast traders uh, who like to find that arbitrage, uh, find those potentials for profits in those shorter time frames. Well, there are other people who partake in the markets, like myself, who've got a longer time frame. Even when you do see bouts of volatility, at least you are firm in your knowledge as to why you actually made that investment, right? So those are the kinds of contrasts that are out there when people actually enter the markets. And so it really ties into what you just said there. Find your own swing. Also added to that, really, it's just the case of, you know, going and copying someone, right? So we've all seen Federer's wonderful one-handed backhand, you know, and we've gone out onto the tennis court the next day and thinking, yeah, I'm going to copy this wonderful one-handed backhand. <laughs> well, yes. I can only hit a two-handed backhand and it's normally a slice backhand. But, you know, I'm trying to emulate Federer's graceful one-handed cross-court winner. It's not really going to happen. And, and the same in golf, the same in so many sports. And we can't really be swayed by others. Like we said, we, you know, we just have to find what suits us, you know, and what suits our lifestyle and how much time we have watching the markets uh, and sticking to that strategy. Indeed, a great lesson, which is a great segue to the next point as well. So sticking to that strategy. So the second way that trading is like pro sports is to follow a routine. Yeah, this is a great one. I think, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. So consciously and subconsciously, you know, e even from early days at school, you know, those routines are just merely kind of in development and adjustment since that time. And routines are such a powerful thing, you know, especially for, again, for sports guys, they have certain rituals that they repeat ad nauseum. Again, if you look at somebody like um, Rafa Nadal, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, 
you know, the rituals he goes through when he serves and then also when he returns serve. If you watch that next time, if you've not noticed it, quite amazing how particular he is and obsessive in some ways. But that is about pre-performance routine. You know, it's pre-shot routine. You know, he's getting his game face on. He's getting his mindset right. Uh, and he's getting into that mental, physical shape so that he can, you know, play the next point. And it's the same for traders, ex exactly the same for traders, I think. You know, it's, it's about following a routine that we're comfortable with that creates consistency, you know, and positive rituals. They kind of regulate and clarify things for us. So we go through the same things means we're getting comfortable in the situation before them, potentially before the start of the day. You know, for trading practical terms, that might mean checking our positions, you know, checking trades, you know, checking data releases for the day. And then we decide on the strategy, you know, for the upcoming sessions. Routine is such a reliable thing for us to do to make our performance potentially better. Indeed. So the first way that pro sports is like trading is to find your own swing. Second, that we just spoke about, follow a routine. Now on to the third one. Every opponent is different. And I love this because, you know, again, with so many diverse offerings in global financial markets, be it a particular stock or an index, commodities or Forex, every individual asset has its own characteristics. No one strategy can be applied across the board or can it? No, exactly. Well, I think, you know, there are hundreds of different uh, instruments, multiple ways of trading, you know, different markets, different asset classes all come with different risk profiles. Finding that right combination for you, which is key. As you mentioned, volatility changes constantly. We have quiet markets, we have super fast, explosive markets, you know, summer markets, different from other times potentially with volume and liquidity. But in practical terms, yeah, that can mean setting our stop losses, taking profits, orders we should tweak, you know, depending on the market conditions, depending on volatility, and depending on the product as well. Um, you know, it's not enough really to blindly apply your strategy to different conditions. You know, we're just tweaking them because we understand that there are different conditions, there are different instruments. Yeah, indeed. So every opponent is different, hence the strategy for uh, each of those games or opponents will be different as well. How Manchester United would play against Leeds on the opening day of the season will be vastly different as opposed to if they were going to yeah, play in the UEFA Champions League final come May 2022. <laughs> a great example, I think, for, for English football you know, fans has been just watching them in the Euro 2020. And probably for, for the first time in many years in a tournament, the manager picked pretty much different tactics, different personnel, different strategy for each and every game, you know, they got to the final. So they adapted, they understood that every opponent is different. We should take pointers from uh, Sir Southgate, sorry, Sir, um, sorry, Gareth Southgate. Not yet. He's not a Sir yet. <laughs> uh, potentially. Um, uh, we should take pointers from him. You know, it's great lessons again for trading. So we have covered three, two more to go. The fourth one is be wary of overconfidence. I think as you rightly pointed out at the onset of this conversation, I think this is great for a life lesson as well. Eh? Because, you know, overconfidence can very often cloud our judgment, cloud our outlook, and or just make us uh, not a nice person to be around, right? 
Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? We've all had overconfidence in something we do, be it trading, be it, you know, whatever it is, it becomes all so easy. We're world beaters. All of a sudden, we cracked it. Trading, you know, you've had a great run, multiple winners, a winning streak, or we just had, you know, one big winner, which is much bigger than normal. And all of a sudden, this game that we play in trading in financial markets is easy. It's super easy. And then what happens? You know, we get into markets far too quickly, you know, far more frequently than we normally do. We take on bigger positions, probably even more so we take on non-strategy trades, you know, so we don't have an edge. You know, where's our edge? It's gone because we're overconfident. You know, we don't do as much preparation and potentially, you know, where we had a stop in. No, I don't need to use a stop anymore. Ah, That's okay. I don't mind running through the stop because we're overconfident. And the more experience you get, the more you realize you potentially when you are doing it, you know that you shouldn't be doing it. You know, rather than, yeah, this is easy and this is going to last. You must realize when it's happening, of course. And that's probably the trick for less experienced people, should we say, less experienced traders, you know, who as soon as they start making money, they increase their bet size, they increase their position size. And that's probably the quickest way to get wiped out. Thinking that the market can only go one way and that the trend will just keep going and going and going. eh? And it uh, brings to mind a conversation I had, in fact, not too long ago. You recall how in the summer, well, this time last year, gold was just on a tear, right? New record highs after new record highs. And then culminating in August, right? A new record high, which still stands to this day. Shortly after there was this uh, big correction, you've had people then still being overcome. Confident, and this particular individual I spoke to uh, was in that camp and basically, you know, putting in more positions and then look at where gold is right now. You know, that $2,000 handle is a ways away uh, compared to where it is right now. Right now, as we're speaking, it's at $1,755. In fact, real quick shameless plug here. We did an episode many moons ago discussing whether or not gold could return to $2,000. So be sure to check that out as well. Uh, Keep in mind that was done way back then. But, you know, it speaks to what we're talking about here, the overconfidence, right? You know, thinking that, yeah, gold prices or any asset for that matter, would only go and keep going in that direction and then taking bigger positions only to be caught out. So I, I think a subtext to that, a sub point to that would be, you know, knowing when to take profit or knowing when to exit. I think that's equally key as to knowing when to enter. We must say we're all prone to it. So the top professionals, you know, big traders in investment banks or just generally investment banks say, if you look at positioning sometimes where, um, say, institutional positioning, we we get a report every Friday uh, for the futures market, you know, and that's normally a a contrarian sign when all these institutions are so long uh, in a particular asset. So don't kid ourselves that uh, somebody is right all the time. You know, we know that they're not. And, uh, you know, when there's lots of overconfidence, when there's lots of greed, then potentially, you know, as Warren Buffett says, you know, be fearful when everybody's greedy. So, uh, and the same in sports. Again, in the Euro 2020s, I think um, the great example there is France, you know, massive, massive favourites for the tournament, really. And they lost out to a massive underdog in Switzerland, you know, who went 1-0 up. France then scored two quick goals within a couple of minutes, scored a third, you know, with 15 minutes to go. The French swagger came out, all the tricks, all the flicks, and probably not a lot of tactics going on, not a lot of strategy. Uh, Switzerland came back, went to extra time, and the rest is history, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, overconfidence in sport, in trading, is a thing which we need to be 
be mindful of. Definitely. So before we get to the last point, uh, just a quick recap. So the first one we discussed was find your own swing, your own trading style, your own strategy that needs to be developed over time, right? And what's comfortable for you. So that's the first one. Second, follow a routine, right? So the idea is having that consistency and these positive rituals or processes that really, you know, help you find the meaning behind why you actually take particular actions. The third one is every opponent is different, right? So in other words, be nimble, being able to react to the different dynamics of the markets and uh, the different asset classes and the potential opportunities that they present. And the fourth one that we just discussed was be wary of overconfidence, right? Because, you know, yeah, you might get some bragging rights for a short while, but if you are caught out, then uh, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Which brings us to the final one. Like Jamie alluded to earlier, you cannot help it. Even the most seasoned professionals also will have to take losses in their strides, right? So the fifth point here is handle losses like a winner. To quote uh, one of the greatest boxers now, actually, uh, that ever lived from way back, sort of post-World War II, I think he was. Um, He said, if you want to see a great fighter at his best, then you watch him when he's getting beaten. Maybe a bit harsh, but uh, for trading, um, (laughs) for sports guys, yeah, they know they'll go through bad patches, right? Um, And it's, it's, it's really being fully aware that they will hit bad shots. You know, they will miss a penalty, but that doesn't define them. It's not avoiding making any bad shots. It's about developing and uh, maintaining, if you like, our emotional equilibrium to focus on the next shot, to focus on the next pass, you know, because we need to stay on track and park the bad shots. And I think Tiger Woods, arguably the greatest golfer, he was just the, the best at moving on from one hole and completely ignoring what had just happened and moving on to the next hole for trading you know that that is definitely the case you know losses are part of the job um it's not really about being right all the time it's about trading right you know which is different you know so we're we're ignoring the outcome of each individual trade you know that's not going to define us the next trade will and the next trade after that if we want to be a long-term trader you know and, and in some ways it's about embracing that challenge going further a step further and embracing the risk and uncertainty that we take on as traders the other thing to do with you know bad shots happen if you like is um separating a bad trade from a losing trade oh interesting yeah well a losing mm-hmm. trade is one where we've stuck to our strategy we've had our discipline we've just come out on the wrong side whereas a bad trade is is kind of a non-strategy trade it might be good might be bad. You know, it might be good. And we kid ourselves. Well, that was a good trade. Well, in fact, it wasn't because, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. We just had no edge in that trade. And essentially, we weren't following our strategy. So just one other point to make, I think, about, you know, handling losses like a winner. And I think what's important here is that the capacity to handle losses like a winner also has a time element to it, isn't it? It comes with developing your experience, your resilience, right? Being able to take those in your stride. So that could mean making sure that you've got enough capital buffers, for example, to be able to make uh, subsequent trades after a 
losing trade. Handle losses like a winner, there are so many more components to it. But the idea is that it's not just a one-off thing. Trading is a continuous journey. Your participation in the market is a long-term event. So it's a series of actions. And in that series, there's bound to be some misses. But the idea is uh, your ability to recover that takes time, experience and resilience. Yeah, no, I always thought, you know, um, especially when I was sort of less experienced, you know, a, a losing trade was a terrible thing. And, you know, you, you put your hopes on some trades, certain trades, and you think they're definitely, you know, uh, going to get to your profit level and it, the setup is great. And you realize sometimes those ones just certainly, you know, they won't make it, but it doesn't matter at all. And as soon as you find the next trade, you've completely forgotten that winner, that absolute 100% guaranteed winner which probably never was, you know, and you've moved on and you've moved on again after that trade. And it's just recognizing that point where every trade is not important. You know, basketball guys, the greatest basketball players that ever played the game, their win-loss ratios are below 50%, you know. Uh, and as long as we understand our risk management side of things, then, you know, the win-loss ratios that people you know, stick to especially newer traders, you know, is 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 much less important as long as we we've got our risk profiles set correctly. Jamie, you have given us plenty of food for thought. And I'll certainly be keeping these in mind as I watch Manchester United hopefully overcome Leeds on August 14th. Uh, you know, with a scoreline of 3 0. Yeah, I'll just go with 3 0. You you got any predictions there for this Saturday's game? That's a good call. 3 0 to kick off the season. Huge yeah. season for the manager. Excited to see the new signings. That's right. Definitely, as we are watching sporting events from now on, we'll be certainly keeping these in mind, these parallels between the pro sports world and financial markets. And of course, uh, you can stay abreast of the latest developments in global financial markets by checking out our written analysis. They are posted on our websites. They are exinity.com. That's E-X-I-N-I-T-Y.com. And also on fxtm.com. Oh,